All right, guys, what is going on today? We are going to be talking about our next upcoming cycles. We have some special guests here. We have Coach Jenny, Coach Ryan, and myself, and we're going to talk about the upcoming next couple of months at Friendship at the Brick and Mortar Gym. If you guys listen outside of the gym, you're more than welcome to obviously listen to this one and talk, you know, get inside of our brains and our minds a little bit in terms of how we program and how we think about health and fitness and how we think about developing our clients and people. Uh, If you guys are not super interested in that, you guys can probably skip this one. Got the timestamps for you here. Jenny's going to talk about Gymnastics Club at 2.34. Ryan's going to talk about Build at 7.15. And I'm going to talk about our friendship cycle somewhere around the 15 minute mark and uh, kind of through the end of the cycle. So I hope that you guys enjoy this one. I hope that you guys can get something out of uh, this thought process and enjoy. Hey guys, what is going on? We are here today. We have some fun changes to our cycle podcast slash uh, video, even though we're not going to actually do our video today. It's uh, it is going to be in YouTube format, but just an audio file for you guys today. We tried to figure out the logistics of doing it, uh, but it just was not going to work. But special guests here today, we have Coach Jenny. Say hi, Coach Jenny. Oh, hey guys. And then we have Coach Ryan. Say hi, Coach Ryan. Hi. All right. So what we're going to do is we're not just going to talk about our CrossFit cycle upcoming, but we've sort of timed ourselves out here to want to get on the same page with everybody about kind of what everybody adult wise in the gym is going to be doing and going to be focusing on in terms of their performance development. So we have the head of the gymnastics club. We have the head of build and both of these guys program for their respective clubs. So we're going to start with Jenny and we're going to start with gymnastics club. And she's going to tell us a little bit about uh, what the months of July and August are going to be looking like for uh, gymnastics club. Go ahead, Jen. All right. So I have been trying to do little focuses each month. So it's, you know, a month is about four weeks. So we have programming that leans one direction. So it never means we'll never take full skills or full movements away in a month, because I think if you've ever heard me talk about it, I'm a true believer in you get better at uh, moving your body by just moving your body in different ways. So in July, we're going to have a little bit of a pressing focus. So that's there's a lot of pressing movements we can think about for gymnastics, push ups, um, maybe doing them on rings, parallettes, different implements like that, handstand push ups and then dips. So I think, and we'll get into some dumbbell pressing too, especially for people who maybe need a little better stability or aren't as comfortable moving their body weight, but just need to develop general strength. So pressing will be in July and then we're going to switch over to pulling in August. So obviously that gets into like pulling, ring rows, those types of movements. But like I said, we're not going to never do a pull up in July. We're still going to work all of the things. It's just, you can expect for all three classes to see one of those movements. And then I know Jeff said July and August, but then we're looking towards September, taking that pressing and pulling and moving into four weeks of a little more focus on muscle ups. 
Yeah, which I think is really cool. And we talk about this all the time. I think uh, the ring dip is a really big base generally for most people in especially the ring muscle up. And so I think that that's an appropriate progression to make sure that that kind of happens first. And then those people, you know, especially women who need to work extra on their ring dip throughout that August cycle where you guys maybe focus a little bit more on pulling, they should kind of have a good idea of where they're at pressing strength wise and then be able to continue that plan into their muscle up development in September. Exactly. And then we always try to make sure people in gymnastics relay their goals to me as far as, you know, I want to get better. I want to get a ring muscle up or I want to be able to do a chest to bar pull up or I want to be able to do one ring dip, whatever it is. So those people typically know what they're supposed to work on. We have a couple girls who would love to be able to do a muscle up. They know they have to work on dips, but they also are supposed to get in a certain number of chest to bars a week. So not only is it class programming, but for people who have specific goals, we really try to break that down. And I'm always very comfortable with letting people in gymnastics, if they have a specific goal they're working toward, they're allowed to replace something with something else as long as there's a good reason for it. So that's the nice thing about gymnastics is there is a little bit of time as long as it's focused on something technical. I always say, you know, in gymnastics, if you really feel like that's a good time and you can do a couple snatch drills, acceptable because it's technical, it's like barbell gymnastics, but I don't really want people back squatting right. <laughs> in gymnastics. So that's kind of my rule as far as if you're going to stray away from programming at all, there has to be a good reason for it. And we had to have talked about it. But like you said, the girls who maybe there's, you know, we have some guys in gymnastics who could do a no strict pulling for a full month and be fine with their muscle ups. But there's definitely some people who can't take a full four weeks off, which is why we won't ever do that. But people might also need to do a little bit of work on their own. Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the biggest things that people get from gymnastics, like you were talking about before, is a better ability to just understand their body's awareness in space. So like somebody might sign up for like a muscle up and they just end up getting better, way better at like kips or things like that. Or like, you know, Megan Zeiser, we were talking about the other yep. week was just doing fantastic with her kipping pull-ups and just, just made such big strides with some of those things. And it might not be the reason that they join, but because you have sort of that generalistic focus, it does carry over to a lot of different things. Right. We had multiple people when class did Nancy comment on how much easier their overhead squats were, which had not been a focus in class. So it's not something they specifically had worked on overhead squats, but just because they'd done good core stability and good shoulder stability and mobility for some people, um, they realized that their overhead squat was far more stable and they could do unbroken sets, which is kind of cool to see that carry over. Yeah, it is. Uh, are you guys even accepting people right now to gymnastics club? Are you yeah, guys we can capped? accept people. I mean, I think we aren't totally capped. We could probably take three or four, especially the days aren't all consistent, but we also have a remote programming option that a handful of people do. Some people at friendship, some people from other gyms. So all that's over. always yep. an opportunity. You pretty much do the same programming that class does. You get videos. I'm always available for questions. Um, but that's a nice way to follow some of the gymnastics programming. One, if you can't make normal class times or two, uh, if we do hit the point where we're capped again, I think we pro probably could accept four or five. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, all right. Over to coach Ryan discussing how people are going to become more stable, look better, and what is it? Move, move, move better and look good. Look good and move better. It could be all of those things. Okay, yeah. Put I was all say, that stuff got, together, mix it up. That's what we're going to do. I got to work on my taglines. So over the next eight weeks in build and generally in functional bodybuilding, we're going to look at mastering body weight movements. Um, and very, very similar to gymnastics. And these many of these are gymnastic movements. Um, they make you better at everything else. If you are good at handstand pushups, it will help your overhead pressing. It will help your jerks. It will help your snatches. It will help your overhead squat. There's a direct correlation. It's not even indirect. It is 
direct. So over the next eight weeks, we're going to look at improving our capacity with pull-ups, push-ups, handstand push-ups, pistols. Even if we don't have a pistol yet, we're going to look at developing that and improving single leg strength and dips. So every plane of movement, we're going to look to improve. Um, And again, very similarly to gymnastics, this doesn't mean that we're not going to use barbells and kettlebells and dumbbells. We absolutely positively are going to do those things. We're still going to squat. We're still going to hinge. We're still going to do functional bodybuilding stuff. Um, We're just going to use them to make our calisthenics better and give us more capacity in those things. And it's appropriate, obviously, that we're putting this out right near Murph. So if you're coming out of Murph when you listen to this, um, or if you're nervous going into Murph about your capacity, uh, this might make a lot of sense to think about adding to your repertoire over the next two months or so. Yeah. And I think one of the big things that, you know, I would differentiate if we look at like a gymnastics club, if we were to look over the movements that would go throughout the day, they're going to have things, you know, like a lot of hollow position work, a lot of V ups, a lot of things that are going to be a little bit more like we're dialing in body weight position, gymnastic pieces. And I think what you're talking about with build is a little bit more like you're going to be hammering like hypertrophy training and like some of the more repetition based things, maybe supersetted with some of the things that you guys are already doing. Right. Yeah, literally. Uh, so we're not going to, you know, we don't do and are continue going to continue to not do very much kipping. It's going to be nearly all strict work, um, really focusing on stability, strength in every point of the movement. Um, and yeah, obviously hypertrophy comes hand in hand with that for sure. Right. Yeah. It's something I think that's going to be really cool to see the pistol one specifically because it, it's something that's so... I think challenging for so many people to be able to accomplish a pistol that, you know, we do in terms of general physical preparedness inside of our CrossFit class, we do kind of avoid them. It's something where it's just like, all right, look, if we, you know, our blanket rule on this is if like, if 95% plus of the population is going to have to scale, then there's something that we could do that maybe has more direct value from a general physical preparedness uh, standpoint. But when you start thinking about doing a cycle in build with it, you guys can really start to hammer down on, but not just the mobility and stability in the bottom position, but also just that true single leg, like, you know, below paralleled high degree of hip flexion, ankle flexion strength. Yeah. Uh, just the, the mobility element. And that's a key component for me always being a very tight person in terms of mobility. Um, that's something that I'm very excited to develop to develop over the next eight weeks, but also to develop single leg strength. If we look at long-term in- injury prevention, if we look at pushing squat numbers up over time or pushing Olympic lifting numbers up over time, certainly there are elements, especially with the ladder where that's technical, but you can't clean more if you can't squat more than that amount. It's just that simple. So if you are stronger with regard to single leg strength, if you are not strong enough at this moment to stand yourself up on one leg and we get you to the point where you can, I guarantee you, you're going to back squat and front squat a lot more than you did previously. Even if you don't do those things in for eight weeks. Right. And I mean, I think there's been a lot of people over the years that have plateaued hard on squats for quite a while. And it's like, okay, so we sort of have three different answers there, right? Answer number one is, ah, let's just squat more, right? We're going to squat more, more volume, more intensity, more weight, et cetera. Uh, and more frequently, which 
a lot of times isn't really the best answer, right? It's going to lead to injury. It's going to overuse that same movement pattern too much. Uh, there's, you know, take a big break from it, rest and let your body sort of recover from the movement pattern itself and then come back when the stimulus kind of resets itself or third, start to hammer down on some of the weaknesses, which I think you're talking about with pistols is sort of both, right? So it's single leg strengthening, both lunging and pistoling, uh, but also mobility, right? You're kind of getting two birds with one stone with the pistol generally, but also just that single leg, you know, like a high box step up, which is sort of synonymous, I think, with functional bodybuilding. It's like that, that tempo, like single kettlebell front rack, really high box step up. And it's just, they're really challenging. Like they, we all struggle with them. Like it's sort of a comic thing between all the coaches because we're all just like, we're all just bad at these like dumbbell box step ups and anything that's slightly higher than what we're comfortable with. Yeah, I agree with you. We did, we did them yesterday and they're always, they always take me for a ride. They're not the, the friend of the small man when no. you do a high box step up. Well, not the friend of anybody. If you set the height, right? Like for me, it's just a 30 inch box for you. It's a 24 inch box, right? For, for somebody who's 410, it might be a 20, you know, a, a yeah, 20 inch box. I think that's maybe the value of these accessory programs. If we look at, you know, adding work outside of a, of class programming, if we're going to do extra clubs like gymnastics club or functional bodybuilding, um, a lot of times I think the value is not only having someone else create the path that is going to lead you to be successful, but also, frankly, you're forced to do things that you wouldn't normally do. I mean, are you going to do tempo box step ups on your own? Are you going to, you know, work on ankle mobility on your own? Are you going to do muscle up transitions on your own? Maybe, but well, and have a coach hold you to task with the difficulty of it. I think it's a big thing. You yeah. see it for both you guys. It's the same thing. It's like naturally if you're off and you read, you know, Hey, do 12 box step ups. You're really naturally, if you're doing functional bodybuilding that, you know, you get from an online source, you're going to go, you're going to put the box at 24 and you're going to be like, Ooh, man, that's really hard. Like that's gross. I'm just going to flip this box over to the 20 inch side yeah. and go from here. Not knowing that the entire purpose of the workout was actually to have that high degree of hip flexion. So be in a really deep position there and struggle your way through it. And so the right answer actually would have been to keep the box higher and drop the weight down. That's the stimulus that we're looking for. I think that's where the, the coaching programming from the accessory standpoint kind of meet. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, to add to that, you know, certainly similar to lead to gymnastics, there are people who can't make the times where build is offered uh, or functional bodybuilding on Sundays. And certainly we offer remote programming with that. And that's something where for individuals who can find time that isn't that time, that can be very effective, especially if you go the extra mile. And, and you know, from my side, I'm always really excited to look at it if you're filming yourself doing these things. Like if I can't be there physically to see you, but yet I'm sending you programming and it's, it makes some assumptions. Let's, you know, make sure that you're, you're filming yourself, you're doing those things. Uh, so I think that's an option for people that they can be very cost effective and very time effective too, to still get the benefit of this programming, but they just don't have to make time five thirty to six thirty Tuesday, Thursday, and then Sunday mornings. Right. And it's something that I think generally as a facility, we're all trying, we're trying really hard to be able to give more remote options because we know that, you know, in an ideal world, everybody would be able to spend 12 hours a day at the gym and get coaching from all their favorite coaches, get programming and work on exactly what they want to work on. But the reality is we all have, you know, everyday lives that kind of get in the middle of those things. So we're working hard as a staff to bring more remote options and bring, 
um, you know, better remote options that are, like you said, cost effective, uh, time free, you know, things that you can, a lot of gymnastics stuff. It's like, if you just set up, you know, a pull up bar and buy some rings, you know, a, a $200 setup at home and you could do the majority of most things. And, you know, similarly, obviously functional bodybuilding is a little bit harder, might need a more legit gym, but, um, but a lot of our firefighters, a lot of our military, a lot of those guys will pop in during a lunch break to their, their firehouse and, uh, follow the programming that way. So something that we're working really, really hard to be able to bring to people just because we know that, you know, we do, we put a lot of pride and effort into our programming. It's very good programming, uh, with a lot of experience kind of behind it. And then we also still like to be able to, you know, accommodate people who can't make this, the, the hard and fast brick and mortar times. Uh, all right. On to class stuff. We're trying to keep this brief and quick for you guys. Um, so I don't know how we're doing so far. <laughs> Probably not great. We never do. There are uh, three very, uh, three people who are very short on words, you know, like, oh, I feel yeah, pretty concise. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jenny's, Jenny's the most concise of all yeah. of us, but, uh, but we're all very passionate. So it's, it's not bad. Uh, all right. So, uh, class, uh, the true 10 week cycle is coming up. So what a true 10 week cycle is a lot of times what we'll do is we'll go into an eight week cycle. We'll do the work and the work only. And then we will finish with benchmark tests at the end that we did not actually test in. So they're just workouts like Nancy, where we maybe do them once a year, right. Or Griff or something like that, where we just kind of test it, uh, once a year. And it's more of a general test. It's not sort of a test and retest where we had a specific aim to get better at the cycle. This one's going to be a 10 week cycle with a one week test in period that will basically be mirrored 10 weeks later as a one week test out cycle. So the workouts that we're going to be testing are going to be CrossFit total. They're going to be Jackie and then grace, uh, Grace mainly because we're not sure if we're going to be able to do barbells for boobs yet this year. Um, so we're going to get that in now because it fits in well with the cycle. Um, and also because we're kind of thinking about uh, a little bit shorter, faster, harder burst, classic CrossFit stuff. So, uh, the, let's talk about weightlifting first. We're going to do four main movements and we're going to cycle those movements out throughout the weeks. So the four main movements we're going to be focusing on obviously are going to be the CrossFit total lifts. So back squat, deadlift, and strict press. And then we're going to add in overhead squat, which for those of you guys who really struggle with overhead squat and you're like, you know what? I don't like overhead squat. Overhead squat sucks. It's not my jam, right? And I've got two people here that are fantastic opposites of this end, right? <laughs> the best lift. Ryan, Ryan. Almost the best lift. Yeah, I was going to say. Jenny's, Jenny's world-class overhead squatter and Ryan's, Ryan's uh, it's not, not great. We're working on it. Not We're good at it at all, right. but I really like it. Oh, well, that's good. I was going to say, because you're a push the peanut forward kind of guy. You got a great mentality with it. So those are going to be sort of our, our four lifts. So overhead squat slash front squat, uh, strict press, deadlift and squat. And for the first four weeks, we're going to be training those in terms of building our base, right? So this is like the base of our pyramid. So we're going to do that through a lot of tempo work, a lot of form development. And now is a great time if you guys have struggle with the squat, struggle with the deadlift, to rethink your mechanics on those things. All deadlifts for the first four weeks are going to be double overhand. I know that that's really tough for some of you guys. I highly recommend working on the hook grip during that time. Uh, the squats, we're going to be making sure that we're working a little bit on stance and positioning. If you guys struggle with ankle mobility, you should be doing all of those barefoot. I would maybe say that's also true for the overhead squats, though I do know that it's harder for people. For the first four weeks, we are building that base. And then for the last four weeks, we're going to start to go a little bit more what I would consider to be loose, right? So we'll start to build a little bit more in weight and volume and intensity. And we will start to go a little bit faster on some of the things like overhead squat and strict press. We'll transition those a little bit into snatching, 
and or cleaning if we're doing front squats and then the push press. And so doing things a little bit more explosively. So that's the way that this cycle will work itself out. Uh, biggest things that I would recommend for you guys is making sure that you're really, really dialed in with the mechanics on these weightlifting things. These are your base functional movements, right? Squatting, deadlifting, pressing. Those are as foundational and functional as movement is going to get from a weightlifting perspective. And so if those things are causing you any pain or discomfort, or we're deadlifting and every day after we deadlift or every day after we back squat, we know that we've got some pain somewhere. That's a mechanical issue that we need to start paying attention to and fixing because it's not going to go anywhere unless we really fix that, right? Unless we change our movement patterns that are causing that overstress in an area. So those are the big weightlifting movements from a Metcon and benchmark. Uh, we talked about those briefly, but CrossFit total is an obvious one, right? That's the weightlifting one. Jackie is um, something that Jenny and I both laugh every time we say. Uh, Jackie is a fantastic workout. I love it. It's uh, it's a lot of fun for me to watch, and there's a million different strategies. I'm still I'm, I have it pretty dialed in. I practiced. Jenny and I have both done this workout almost a dozen times because uh, it was a regional workout. It was the first regional workout a few years back. So like you were totally fresh, and you really got the best chance to optimize down to the second what your time was. And so I've seen just about every strategy, but I do like it because. It is sort of a strategic workout, right? You sort of have to lean into your strengths and avoid your weaknesses and not go out too hot and all these other things. But it's a thousand meter row, 50 thrusters at an empty barbell and then 30 pull-ups. So it's also a weakest link workout, right? Is if you don't have the pull-ups at the end, you're going to struggle and go slow. If your uh, you know, strength stamina is weak, that empty barbell will kick your butt. And then obviously if we are not a strong rower, we don't have good rowing mechanics and or we don't understand proper pacing with rowing that'll beat up for us and that'll work itself into row club later this year um which i was just looking we posted the picture of shelly by the way the other day for uh the masters and you saw shelly's like big her old school rowing star where she laid all oh, yeah. the way back and i was talking about that with coach sway the other day and i was like and she goes oh she goes i just cringed when you guys put that up because she works so hard she's got such great form now i was like yeah i was like but it's it, i think that's my favorite part about gymnastics club and uh row club and some of those things is like you watch people and it's like they are good with rowing for the rest of their lives. Like those people now understand kipping perfectly beautifully and they jump into class and they take their kips seriously and they're beautiful and it's awesome. Uh, so that's Jackie. And then Grace. Uh, Grace obviously is a workout that we do a few times a year. Uh, it's it's a quick, fast, easy one to hit. Uh, you know, not easy, I shouldn't say, but uh, but it easy is easy for Jeff. It is quick and fast, and um, and so we'll we'll hit that one and we'll work that one will pair well with the uh, strict press, push press strength as well as the deadlift and and clean cycle that we've sort of just gotten off of. So um, so that one's going to be something that's maybe a little bit of uh, a different piece, but that'll go into our sprint training a little bit that we'll be doing with this cycle. We'll have run club starting back up. Uh, we don't have days and times on that quite yet. We are going to bring back the endurance class at noon on Sundays that will replace the partner hero Sunday. And depending on how things look number wise, the endurance class was quite a bit more popular. And so if that continues to show, then we'll probably just keep that Sunday at noontime, a CrossFit class or sorry, an endurance class generally. And so one of the big things that we're going to do is just shake up that Sunday schedule a little bit. And one of the other things that we're going to be doing is adding a second functional bodybuilding option at 10 a.m. And so that'll be something that you guys can start to take advantage of. And Ryan, are you going to be coaching both of those? Uh, initially, I think so. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we might look at bringing someone else in for one of them. Uh, 
in if that is the case, I will participate in the one that isn't being coached. So I'll still be there. But I think from the outset, uh, I'm going to just do 10 and 11. Perfect. Yeah. So our Sunday, our Sunday for the next few months is still going to look, um, you know, thrive teen schedule, all that stuff's not going to change, but 10, 10 o'clock functional bodybuilding, 11 o'clock functional bodybuilding. Those will st- still both be offered to people, uh, who have, um, you know, plans and packages and want to come on Sundays and participate in that. And then noon we'll do an endurance day and that endurance day, I might actually just treat more like uh, sort of like triathlon training, which I'm going to be doing a seminar here in two Sundays talking about, uh, 5k's marathons, half marathons and triathlon. So basic endurance style training. We know we have a lot of people who are interested in signing up and participating in some of those things. Not sure if they call it the Cap City, but the half marathon that's in like October, I believe, in Columbus. I think it's Cap City or Columbus. Columbus. Is that the one that Coach Eric and I are going to smoke? That is the one that you and Coach Eric are going to smoke, yeah. Um, So, hey, this will pair well with your guys' deadlift. Well, yeah, I was going to say you can't say you didn't train it now. But, but yeah, so we're going to have that seminar and discuss about how you guys can add some of these things in appropriately so that we don't add to injury risk and some of those things. Um, So that'll be sort of some of the more monostructural focus. So Run Club slash Endurance Club uh, will be kicking back into Sundays at noon. If we do it, any extra track days, uh, that stuff will just kind of be put out on a uh, case-by-case basis. One of the things we ran into last year was these tracks get ungodly hot in uh, July and August in like at like nine. And so we were having people that were just like, I can't take it. So that was like, then we moved to eight, then we moved to seven. Then it's just like, all right, this is, then we had no participation because it was too early. So, uh, so we'll kind of keep an eye on that and we might actually kick that up more later in the year. Lastly, then, uh, gymnastics, we're going to be working on handstands and handstand walks, <coughs> masters, <coughs> masters. Um, and so, um, so that will pair up really well because this cycle ends towards the last week of August. The masters is September the 14th, which means that we will be able to deload from the end of this cycle, do our CrossFit total, finish out, have a week long deload after our test out week. And that'll be wrapping up sort of the end of August. And then at the end of August, you'll have two weeks that are sort of like we're trying to get back. If you guys have ever done a truly deload week, it always takes you a couple weeks to feel like you get back in the swing of things, to feel like you're back strong and your cardio feels good and all that stuff. And so that will kind of pair itself well because two weeks after that will be the masters and everyone will be dialed in. Now I just programmed the first teams of two. We are going to have some fun. My goodness. Uh, really excited. I saw Kristen Christman signed up for the first time this wow. year. So it's going to be very exciting. Wow. Um, we only, I believe, especially male teams of two, we might be sold out right now, but I think there might be two team spots left for that. Uh, so if you guys are interested in signing up for the Masters, uh, make sure that you guys are getting on that relatively quickly. If the RX spots do go and there is more demand uh, we and the scaled spots are not filling up, uh, then we will cap and close the, the scaled options and so just a heads up on some of that stuff um but i think that that's it from an hour cycle perspective do you guys as i went through that do you guys have any questions for me no no questions at all oh uh, yeah that's not true i have you a were question. writing things you guys well, yeah, were both writing i was things. writing ideas of videos oh, okay. we could make for you guys oh, cool. so you can be ready for just like a lot of good videos but my question actually was you were giving people kind of an overhead squat front squat option but like, so Ryan, for example, wants to get better at it. So I'm assuming, and you can be like, no, Jenny, you're wrong, um, that it would be okay for people who really do struggle with overhead squat to maybe take that and really say, 
I'm going to improve. And maybe that means for my tempo, I have to use a PVC. But if there's someone who struggles and they don't want to go to front squat as an option, they have to, they are allowed to, but they have to do it really appropriately. Right. So I think about that kind of, there's sort of like three different boats of people, right? I think if the overhead squat gives you pain, right? It doesn't mean that after our front squat, um, you know, we, we do our front squat set. It doesn't mean we can't take a step back, grab a PVC and do a right. little bit of overhead squat work. But if the overhead squat gives you pain, right? Then I think that you should just automatically say, I would agree with that completely. We're going down to front squats, yep. right? You're not going to get your, better at it if it hurts. You're right. only hurting your body. That's your scaling option. Then there's sort of two boats of other people. There's people who just are like, I'm not good at overhead squat. I don't like overhead squat. And you know what? Like I'm just here to get jacked and I don't really care about my functionality or anything like that, um, which is fine. Then let's, let's try to get you stronger a little bit. The front squat's a fantastic exercise to strengthen the entire body. There's still some shoulder thoracic work and you can still work that vertical torso mobile squat position that probably would also lead you in the future to be better at overhead squatting also. So there is sort of an argument. I was talking about this with Matt LaMonica the other day where really the best way for you, if you, let's just say you have a bad squat period, right? Where the squat is just a problem in and of itself. There is a progression for you to be able to sit down deeper in that front squat position. And if you sit deeper with a more vertical torso in a front squat position, well, then that'll lend itself very well to a better overhead squat position. So it sort of is falling in line with that progression. I could also see it being really good. Kind of like you said, grabbing, grabbing the PVC, um, doing your front squat and being focused on really good front squat position, and then maybe having a set piece of mobility with some strength work after for your upper back. Most people, that's probably their shoulders, thoracic is where their mobility is really limited for overhead squatting. So maybe if that was one of my video ideas, is actually giving some people some options of things to work in between set. Yeah, and my hope is that we're gonna have a lot of this stuff will be supersetted. So if we're strict pressing, we're gonna do things that are supersetted with strict pressing, right? So it might be um, tricep work or lat pull downs or whatever. Yeah, sorry, the uh, the landscapers like to come right when we start our podcast, just like Charlotte likes to get very personal right when we start our podcast. Uh, so podcasting, there's a, there's a weird, there must be a weird vibe we give off. It must be like a really warm like vibe. People just wanna be around us when we do it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the overhead squat, you know, is going to be something where if we're doing, you know, let's say we were doing overhead squats and we were going to be supersetting overhead squats with something, you know, core stabilizing. So maybe we're doing a sandbag hold or something like that, right? Where we were doing, and maybe we were barefoot and doing it single leg bear, bear hug sandbag holds for stability and ankle strengthening and some of those things. Well, maybe you just instead have the sandbag on the ground and you lay over it and do some thoracic mobility and that's your work on that because you know we just that's what's holding you back from being able to do a good overhead squat and a lot of this comes back to at the end of the day it, you know it needs to be a conversation with you and your coach specifically about you know hey this is sort of your plan this is what we do on overhead squat days like ryan just kind of knows right he needs to be doing thoracic mobility he's in there out there every single day every morning doing it and so he knows on overhead squat day he knows that, hey, it's time for me to go to work and I'm not going to be doing a ton of weight here and I'm going to be working on my position and sitting in the bottom and hanging out. And then I might superset that some days when I feel really tight with mobility. Other days I might just superset it with whatever class is going to do and I might only be overhead squatting 65 pounds.
pounds for that day. And so it's just, it's still work and it's still the body, the muscles, everything still really has to work there. Even for Ryan, who's a strong dude, front squats, what? Three something. What'd you get up to for squat cycle? 315, right? Um, front squat's 315, right? So you might on the surface think like, oh my God, like 65 pounds. Like that's not, he's not working at all for that. But if I have Ryan do five tempo overhead squats at 2222, you are so wet. Oh, we're sweating. Especially (laughs) if it's in your, in your socks, then you're, you're moving. I think, you know, to add to that, I think your point is a really good one. And I think uh, for me, I can't just walk in and start to do overhead squats. Some people can, can walk in basically not warm up at all and start overhead squatting. That isn't really realistic for me at this moment in my life. So I think that's something that other people can potentially take some cues on is if you know, we're doing something where you have a mobility issue, you're tight. That time before class is really your time to take care of that. And it's also, and that extends into class as well. But if you know that you have a really hard time with overhead squatting, get yourself on a slam ball with a PVC prior to class for a minute at a time without coming out of that position. And it's going to work wonders for that. And it's the same thing if we're squatting. Don't stand around and talk to your friends for 15 minutes and do nothing and then wonder why you can't do get, it. Do it in a squat hold. Right. Yeah. Sit, no. sit in a squat hold. Do something um, to, to allow your joints to have the best opportunity to be successful basically and yourself. Right. And you know, I think about that cause a lot of times as coaches, we'll go right up to the minute and you'll see us like we're running back and getting our shoes and lacing up like at, you know, one minute or two minutes after, because you know, we just got done coaching or we had an appointment or a meeting went wrong or whatever it is. Right. Uh, so we don't always necessarily have, have that luxury. So for me, I look at that as like, I have a green light day and a red light day where it's, if I come in, I roll into class and I'm like two minutes late and it's overhead squat day. And I struggle with mobility also, and I don't get a good, a good warm up. And that first overhead squat's like, Oh no. All right. It's like, all right, cool. That is a red light day, right? I'm not, I might not even overhead squat. I'll just jump it down to front squats for the day. I'm going to focus on really the strength piece. Then for me really sort of becomes a warm up. It's like my body is like a rusty folded up lawn chair that I got to start un, unclicking and, and spraying some grease on. And that's how I'm going to your front squats. <laughs> right. And so oh, I'm going to yeah. utilize those first couple front squats uh, to really loosen that position up. And maybe by the end of class, it's like, OK, cool. Now I can pop a bar up and do overhead squats for the day. And that has a lot of value. Right. Because the what my body needed at that moment was like blood flow was to move a little bit of that uh, breaking up some of that junk that was sitting in there. And so there's still a ton of value to be had there. I think sometimes one of the issues that people have is they put so much pressure on themselves to come in and perform every single day. In that it's like, uh, well, you know, classes, you know, deadlifts today, and it's supposed to be tempos at 70%. And I'm, you know, ABCD, but the person slept four hours. I'm just going to use an example I saw yesterday, slept four hours the night before, hadn't eaten anything all day, was dehydrated and comes in. And it's like, like, not only you might not even, you probably shouldn't even be here, right? Number one, but let's say you did come in. What's the right answer for you? Like the right answer is, 50% max on any capacity walkthroughs drinking water and moving right it's it, so if you're if it's heavy deadlift day 
and you didn't sleep well the night before. You got up and you got in your car and you sat at your desk for six hours. When you got up out of your desk, your hips were tight, your back was tight, and you're like, oh man, it's not the day to green light your deadlifts. Like it's that's not that's not the day to do it, right? It's not gonna go well for you, and you're gonna put yourself way behind from a recovery perspective. So you just have to take that. And that's why, you know, a lot of times as coaches, you'll see we'll have these conversations with people, and it's just look, it's just, you're, you're taking it too far with things. Like if you take one deadlift day and you go 50% instead of 70% on a long timeline of your health and fitness, it's not going to matter. But if you go 70% when you should have gone 50%, yeah, you might seriously jack something up and then it does matter in the bad way. Right. And so those are just things that you kind of have to keep in, in, in the front of your mind when we're talking about some of these things like overhead squats and deadlifts and mobility generally and warm ups and some of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and, and we do a really good job, I think with, with training our coaches and talking to our coaches and developing our coaches in a way that if it's, you know, the five or 10 minutes in the introductory portion of class, if you walk up to a coach and say, you know, Hey, I'm not feeling this today. Uh, my back really hurts. I'm this, I'm that the coach is going to be able to come up and get you set up with something that's probably going to be the right answer for you. And a lot of times people don't necessarily like that, right? We were talking about that in our meeting on Monday where it's like, we tell somebody, Hey, you know, you're, uh, you know, they're like, Oh yeah. You know, my, my wrist is really bugging me and you know, we're doing, we're doing double Fran today and it's like, cool. You're just, I'm going to have you do, you know, back squats and you're going to ride the, the concept two bike. And people are like, Oh, like, I don't want to do that. Like we're doing pull-ups and thrusters. Like I want to do, I want to do something like that. And it's like, well, that's not what's best for your wrist, right? Both those things are going to hurt your wrist. So we're going to give you things that maybe is, are going to help you get the stimulus of the workout be fit and get the blood flow, work the legs, have your cardio go nuts, um, but not injure that movement further. And that's what the coaches are there for, right? That first little portion of class, making sure you're scaled appropriately and all those things. All right. You guys have anything else for the cycle? Anything to add, Jen? You made notes. No, they're video notes. I can't let the secrets out. Jenny's so excited. No, I'm excited. I think it's a good, I mean, I'm not probably going to do Jackie. So I'm excited to see you guys do Jackie. (laughs) I've done it enough, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't really ever feel the need. There's some workouts. I don't feel the need to do anymore. Um, Jackie's up there. (laughs) Jackie is up there. Jackie's (laughs) definitely up there. Although I do love it. It is one of my favorite workouts. It's a great workout. You Um, guys will have fun with it. I'll do it again. It's just like Helen. It's like, I've done that work. I've done Helen probably 16 times. It just is always a fun one to just strap up and go. So all right. I'm Thanks excited. for listening guys. If you made yep. it this far. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll clip this out. And so you guys can kind of see, uh, check back and make sure you guys understand kind of where the cycle's at. I'll try to give you guys images and little, uh, spots to kind of hit throughout. If you guys want to go back and listen to anything again. Thanks guys.